0: God who leads us that'll never fail. Amen. We're on the right side. He'll never fail. He'll never fail to win a battle. He'll never fail us to lead us through a battle. He will never fail. Amen. He'll never fail. Ephesians three twenty says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by jesus christ to all generations forever amen whatever we can think or imagine god is always going to do greater whatever we have in our heart and our mind that we want god is always going to do greater amen he's going to top everything that we think he's going to top everything that we want He is able. He's able. I was just, when I was thinking about this verse. I was thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they came before the king. And they said to the king, my God's able. Amen? Our God is able. And and whether he delivers us or not, we're surely getting delivered out of your hand because you're not going to keep a hand on us because of our king. So our king is able to deliver. This is what I heard the Lord say to tell everyone this morning, keep their eyes up on me, hold on to my hope, a hope that does not disappoint, a hope that is greater than any other hope. Draw near to me and I will draw near to them. Lay aside fear and worry and fretting and look to me, the protector of their soul and the strength of their life, amen fear continues to raise its head and i know there's been a, a kind of a thread over the last few weeks of fear and hope of don't fear but hold on to god's hope and i just feel like god's trying to establish within us that we don't have to fear and moving forward we have to let go of fear go. and I just wants to establish within his hope amen he, he's our hope and world's our hope after i just i just pray to you we have my right here May I
1: No. Mm-hmm. you. play.
2: After what Sula said, after the messages that's been given, and even the song series that we've sung today, He'll not forsake us. He'll never leave us. He's always for us. He's always going to be for us before we even know it. That should excite us. I mean, we should be running around the church. We really, I mean, I'm tied up sometimes, but it's the truth. We should be excited that He is never going to leave us. We can't go change what our past is. But he can. We can't go back and redo it, but we can go forward, right? Because God is for us. Come on. Not for a man.
3: Come on, can you lift your hands all across this building? God, we seek your face today. God, we seek your face. God, we want to know you. God, in a more intimate way. God, we know, Lord, that your word says, Lord, that if we draw nigh to you, Lord, that you'll draw nigh to us. And so, God, in confidence, God, in knowing that, Lord, we already know, Lord, that you'll meet us. Let me ask you this today. Let me ask you this today, people of God. Are you willing to meet him? Are you willing to take a step of faith And say, God, I need to know you more than I did yesterday. God, I need you more today than I did last week. God, I need you more right now than I did back in March. And say, God, I don't care who's in the building today, God. It's me and you. It's me and you. Can I tell you, he'll go before you. He'll be behind you. He'll be on your left side. He'll be on your right side. He's walking with you. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit today. In the name of Jesus, we honor you, Jesus. We praise your name, the name above every other name. We come against the names of sicknesses by the name of Jesus. come on saints can you lift your hands in this place we come against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus we come against the name of confusion in the name of Jesus say God we trust in you Lord God, we believe in you, Lord. God, we surrender to you. Come on, can you just love on him? Come on, church. Lift your hands and love on him all across this building right now. Right now, he's in this place. Whatever you need from him, reach out and say, God, I need this today. Lord, I need, a, I need a boost in my spirit today. Come on, just reach out and ask. Just like a child would, Lord, will you give me this? Just like my, my child would say, Dad, will you give me milk? You know what? Just ask him to say, God, will you give me strength today? Lord, will you give me hope today? God, will you give me, God, confidence today? Just ask him. Come on. Come on. I can't do it for you. Open your mouth. Open your mouth, whatever you need. Not for a moment. Come on, sing it.
2: Not for a
1: minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in. Place the Lord is in this place. Not for a minute, Come on, you need to get that in your
3: spirit today. The
1: Lord is in this place. The Lord is.
3: We honor you, Jesus. Come on and give him praise and adoration in the house. Come on. Lift up your voice, all you people. Come on. Glory to the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. of praise that you got today come on come on church come on church come on let's shake the bowels of hell with our praise today come on let's give him adoration that he deserves come on you ought to lift up your voice yes Lord yes Lord our God is greater amen hallelujah we worship you Jesus God and we thank you Lord for your word. Lord, we stand on it this morning. And God, we thank you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Amen. You may be seated. It is so good to see you today. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Do you today? I do. I do. Listen, I want you to stay in the attitude of worship that you, you are. I know sometimes we, we transition, but that doesn't mean that we have to transition from our hearts of worship. Listen, when God does something like he's done this morning, it softens our heart. It softens our hearts. And then the word comes along, and then it, it is planted in our heart. And from that comes fruit in our lives. How many know that we need fruit in our lives? Can I tell you today that this is good seed there is no seed in this world that is better than this seed right here because this seed, is tra- it transforms people. It changes lives. How many were a sinner, and now you're saved, and you're gone your way to heaven? Now, some of you need to get a little bit more excited about that, okay? How many of you were a sinner, and now you're saved and on your way to heaven? Amen? You ought to be excited about that. I tell you what, I am charged in my spirit today. Look at your neighbor and smile at them. Look at someone across the building. Smile at them and wave since you're social distancing away from them. (laughs) Good. You guys are doing really good today. You guys look good today. Everyone say, thank you, TJ. And those of you at home in your pajamas watching right now, put some clothes on. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Uh, So it's so good to have you. If you are a guest with us today, and this is your first time uh, with us today, I I am TJ, that's my name, and I am the pastor here, and I want to give you a personal welcome today and say we are glad to have you. Come on home, folks. Can we give all of our guests today a, a welcome this morning? And we'll have some instruction for you at the end of service, uh, ways that we would like to get in contact with you. And I would try to do that, but I will just mess it up. So we're going to let people that know what they're doing take care of that today. Uh, We are going to be doing something amazing today uh, at the end of uh, when I get done speaking. And if you didn't, how many of you got a, a communion element today on your way in? Did everyone get one? If you didn't get one, they are out in the foyer. We're not, we're trying not to, have to pass those around, we want to make sure that you get one and and if you want to participate in that today that you have one and that we 'll do that towards the end of the service you don 't have to do that right now um, but uh, but if you need to right now, I guess they can they can give you one so uh, anyways, we want you to be a part of that today, and uh, we 're going to talk i 'm going to talk to you today last week, I talked about Um, uh, A thankful heart, and that's kind of been the the vein of thought that I've been in during this Thanksgiving season, even though it's a little odd in 2020. Everything in 2020 has been odd, hasn't it? It has been an odd year, but you know what? Uh, It doesn't matter how odd it gets or how weird it gets, God is still good. You know, God's bigger than the year 2020, all right good and uh, i want to I want to understand that vein of thought of a thankful heart last week I talked about uh, what's eating you, and we talked about the worms that are that get in our spirit that that sometimes eat at us and i if you weren't here, I talked about tapeworms. it was an amazing uh you know you can go back and watch it online and get grossed out if you want and I won't tell you the longest tapeworm on history found in a human body, but it's eighty two feet okay and uh and we talked about worms last week and how uh, Herod was ate up with worms because he didn't give thanks and he didn't glorify God. And if we're not careful we we, we open our hearts to things and when we don't when we neglect to give God glory, to give God thanksgiving, it opens us up to things, and so we, we warned against that last week, and so we're going to not talk about worms this week, and everyone say, whew, thank you, Jesus, and, uh, but I do want to talk to you about this, uh, this simple thought is d- uh, dining with the master, everyone say, dining with the master, all right, how many are going to have some sort of Thanksgiving dinner this week, all right. I think everyone's got their hand up pretty much in the building, and I said last week there are, uh, they're estimated to eat 46 million turkeys this year. That's a lot of turkey, right? Yeah, I didn't even know there was that many turkeys, it, well, I guess there probably is, but uh, anyways, 46 million, and, they, and it's estimated by AAA that 50 million Americans will travel uh, this weekend to go see family, that's a lot of cars on the road. That's about uh, one car per every person in L.A. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's a true fact or not. Uh, but I, w- I wanted to just kind of reiterate here, uh, talking about Thanksgiving. You know, th- Thanksgiving, the traditional Thanksgiving that, that we know of here in America, if you could look at the roots of Thanksgiving, it actually goes a little bit further than, than the pilgrims. Um, if you actually look at the root of it, we actually, oh, Thanksgiving kind of started with the Spanish I didn't know that, so maybe we should, you know, be having rice with our chicken instead of mashed potatoes. I don't know. But Thanksgiving, as we know it here in America, started uh, in uh, 399 years ago. Uh, it was 1621, 1621, and uh, uh, they celebrated, at, 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 you know, after the pilgrims sailed across the Atlantic Ocean to start a new life. After landing and having a great and bountiful harvest, they invited the uh, Wampanoag Indians. There was 90 Indians that they invited because they had helped them with the harvest to join them to give thanks. Um, and now you need to understand, from that point on until about the Revolutionary War, this was kind of a tradition that was just kind of observed by people periodically here. They did it one month, one week. Then this group would do it one month. one. And so it was just there was no real definitive date. Um, and so it, at, the, at the end of the Revolutionary War, George Washington, uh, you know, after a long fought war with England, he decided to declare a day of thanks. That's what he called it, a, de- uh, a day of thanks. Boy, it would be great if our presidents would do a lot more of that. Let's declare a day of thanks to God. And uh, George Washington did that. And um, from that point, many states had different times. So it may be May in in this state and it may be in June in this state. They had different times. Um, and that was a tradition. But fast forward to 1863. Now listen to this. This, this blew my mind. In 1863, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln uh, declared it a holiday to stop the fighting on both sides of the war. In 1863, right smack dab in the middle of the Civil War with people with differing views on on how things should run, Abraham Lincoln stopped and he said, we're going to stop fighting for a day and we're just going to have a day of thanks. No matter how bad it looks right now, no matter what's going on in our country, no matter how divided we are, we're going to stop and give thanks to God because God's been good to us. I don't know about you, but I think we could take a page from Abraham Lincoln's book there and, and maybe get back to that. Okay, I thought that was beautiful. I love that. And then in, uh, fast forward to 1941, uh, uh, FDR and Congress, they finally moved Thanksgiving to its current place, which is the last Thursday of November. And, uh, and, and I tell you all that just to say this out of, all, out of hard times in our lives, uh, it's, it is amazing to me that uh, through hard times that an attitude of thanks come, has come forth always continually, right? Uh, if you look at that, let's, let's look at this. Uh, the Puritans, after traveling across the ocean and starting a homestead, gave thanks to God. I don't know about you, I don't think it would be very easy to cross the ocean, Right? So they did that. Washington, following the Revolutionary War and starting a nation, took time to thank God. Lincoln, on the verge of a fracturing nation, took time to talk to all Americans, not just the Union side, but all Americans, to give thanks to God. And FDR and Congress in 1941 would celebrate Thanksgiving just weeks before the Pearl Harbor bombing. They didn't even know it was coming at that point. And, and, and what we need to know is this. This week on Thursday, millions of Americans will be eating with their families and close friends to celebrate Thanksgiving. And here's what I think, okay? So this is what Pastor thinks. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, this is what Pastor thinks, all right? My fear is that this day has become ritualistic or automatic that we miss the pure intent of giving thanks to God to whom all blessings flow. I'm guilty of that. And and I don't know about you but I, it becomes almost we 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 worry so much about dinner being perfect and and everyone's uh a place at the table being right and and make sure that this person sits on the other end of the table so you don't have to see them and talk to them, right? But during these times of pandemic and times of uncertainty of our government and during these trying times, you know what I've learned? That the best remedy to tough times is giving thanks to God. Now, that's not popular, and that's not easy. That's easier said than done, right? It's e- easy to say, well, I'll give thanks to God. But when you're going through a mess, sometimes it's hard, right? Uh, last week I, I mentioned this in First Thessalonians. It says this uh, 5, 16 through 18 says, I, I like this. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I, I, I did this full, fully last week, but verse 16 says this, and all it says is this always be joyful. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, Always be joyful. All right. Verse 17, this is all it says never stop praying. Pretty straight to the point. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. And then, verse 18, which I did read last week, says this Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful in what? Some circumstances, only the ones you like. All circumstances, even the ones you don't like. Be, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life. Remember I said this last week and it, I, th- I believe it, it bears repeating and I'm not just reiterating everything I said last week. But it says Thanksgiving is not a day that we celebrate but a lifestyle that we initiate. It's going to be intentional and we're going to have to do it on purpose. You know, uh, it's not easy I'm going to tell you, I have kids, and it's sometimes manners with your kids. When, when someone gives something to your kids, they're like, well, say thank you. And they have to be intentional, right, and say, well, thank you for giving me that hamburger. I really appreciate it. Right? But I know this. The remedy, listen, the remedy to selfishness is thankfulness. You find yourself in a selfish attitude. Anybody ever been there? just want to be mad because you're mad and no one else is mad so you're selfish and you want them to be mad just because you're having a bad day come on don't look at me all pious like that like you've never done that before uh but the remedy to selfishness is thankfulness and I, I, there's a there's a story here i want to i want to intersect today and it's it's all gonna it's all gonna tie together if you have your bibles we're gonna be at luke chapter 7 and this is a beautiful story, not really a, 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 well, I believe that the Holy Spirit has given me something that brings Thanksgiving. This is not going to be just a straight-up Thanksgiving style, this story. But there are some things in here that I think that the Lord would have us hear and have us to learn today, okay? Uh, let's do this. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for your word. God, I ask, Lord, that your word would go forth. Lord, that you would use me as a vessel as you see fit today. God, I am only uh, here, and I'm only clay. God, use these lips of clay today. Lord, may you get the glory. May you be magnified, and may lives be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. When you have it, say amen. It says this. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen. It says, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. I don't know about you. I kind of like it when people ask me to have dinner with them. Anybody turn down a good dinner? That's what I thought. All right, so Jesus is no different than us. He's been invited to dinner to the Pharisee's house, and there he is. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. All right, let's close our Bible. No, I'm just kidding. And when a, and when a certain immoral woman from that city heard uh, he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Hang on, I'm going to I'm going to catch it right here so I know where I'm at. uh, uh, okay, of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. That's really weird, right? All right, some of us like, well, I'll never, never. most of us know this story. But I, there's some great truths in this story that I want to bring out today. And, and, and it's going to tie into this. Everyone say a thankful heart. Everyone say a thankful heart. And that's what it's all going to tie back into. And there are some things that, I've, that I learned while reading this from this woman. And so I want to bring those out. Here's number one. If you're a note taker, write this down right here. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. All right, so let's lay this out. First, Jesus, he's invited it to the Pharisees' home. This is the setting, right? And, uh, you know, and what we need to know about Pharisees, we need a little back history on Pharisees, okay? Pharisees, there was no more than 6,000 Pharisees at any given time in the nation of Israel, spread out. And Pharisees, they were this, they were very educated, they knew the laws, they knew the rules. Remember the Ten Commandments that that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai? Remember those Ten Commandments? Well, uh, from them, they had created these, it's kind of like us in America, from these Ten Laws, they had created 613 laws that people had to follow, Right? It's pretty amazing, right, when you think about that. 613 to be exact. Everyone say, that's a lot of laws. I don't know about you. I don't know if I could remember 613 laws. But to live right, they had to follow all these laws. And the Pharisees existed just to let people know when they were messing up. I don't know. Some of you go, I know a few Pharisees in my life. You know, They let me know every time I mess up, right? Everyone say, don't be a Pharisee. All right. And here's what we know about Pharisees. They were wealthy. They were powerful. They had influence. And the people admonished them. They did. The people admonished them because they spent their whole life studying. They were educated. They knew all 613 laws. They could tell you what you could do, when you could do it, when, all this good stuff. And, here's, and this is what you need to know about a Pharisee. When they walked in town, everyone was like, yeah, um, that's the Pharisee right over there, okay, and, and they were religious, they were respected, and they were rich, and what we need to know and understand is the Pharisees, because they were, they were, they were educated, they were rich, and, and because they were religious, they probably most likely had some of the biggest houses where they lived, that makes sense, right, you have a lot of money, you probably got a pretty decent sized house, and, and he, what we need to know about the Pharisee's house is most likely when this Pharisee invited Jesus over, he most likely invited him to the courtyard of his house, not inside his house, but to a courtyard outside his house. This is pre-COVID, so he, he knew how he to space everybody out. And so in the courtyard, and they would sit at like a U-shaped style table, a U-shaped style table, and not with chairs, but they would lounge at these tables lounge so there's a u-shaped table and everyone would kind of lounge at the table and their feet would be you know going out like spokes on a tire away from the table and they would be leaning there with their left hand uh, up against the the table and then they would just shovel food in with their right hand some of you are getting ideals for thanksgiving i see your wheels turning right now it's like oh well i could just do that we don't even have to have silverware we'll just you know and so and so that's that's what it would look like um uh, people, uh, and here's, as people, you know, the Pharisees would invite people over and they'd have these, these lavish like dinners and parties. People could look over the walls at the Pharisees' courtyard, uh, us, us normal folk, could look over the wall and, and see the Pharisee and their guest eating and they could just watch and be a part of. That's, let's, that's just kind of how it was. It's kind of weird, right? And only distinguished guests could, would be able to get into the house with the courtyard. Um, and in this story, there's the woman here, and, and some translations call her a sinner. Uh, some of the older translations uh, say that she was a prostitute. Uh, some, you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter. All we know is, is Scripture says she was a sinner. Whatever her sins were, they were sin, all right? Everyone say sin is sin, whatever it is. And... One has to stop and ask yourself, how did this woman who was an outcast in, in the city, you know, most likely if she was a prostitute, she was probably an outcast. People probably knew her, but they probably didn't like to be around her, be associated with her. And, and one has to ask, how did this woman get into the Pharisee's house to meet and, and to be there and to be around Jesus? It's kind of, kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? Interestingly interestingly enough, if you put the Bible, uh, does anybody have a chronological Bible here? Anybody? No? Okay, so I have one and, and that is, the, this Bible that I have, if you read this Bible it reads in chronological order so you might be reading Luke chapter 7 at one point and then it'll jump to Mark 3 all of a sudden and, and, it, and it tells you the order of exact order of how, you know most scholars believe that the Bible is going well if, and when I was looking at my chronological Bible at this story, I thought Lord, what exactly happened before this story? Because I think that it gives us context of What's really going on? And if we look at the uh, if we look at the chronological order of this, it, right before this in Luke chapter seven, uh, right before Luke chapter seven is Matthew eleven twenty eight. And you guys, many of you know this verse. It says this: Then Jesus said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest." This is literally the verse. Uh, I mean, I am reading it verbatim. That goes right before this story, and it says, "This take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will what find rest for your souls." How many would like to find rest for your souls? For my what yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. First part of that says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So knowing chronologically that that is the verse that goes before uh, this story where, where this woman finds herself in the Pharisee's house, I believe that she must have been somewhere where Jesus said this. She heard that, and what did she do? She took Jesus at his word. I'm not a perfect person. I've got my issues. But you know what? He did say, Come to me, all of you who are weary. And let me tell you, she was probably weary. She was probably tired. She was probably fed up. And she said, I've got nothing to lose here. So I might as well just take take a stab at it. If you feel heavy, if you feel lost at this moment, all you got to do is just, you know, all you have to do is be like this woman and simply this. And Sula, you, you, you nailed it today. All you've got, you got to do is go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. I want to say, go to Jesus. Can I tell you this? If you're feeling heavy in your heart, go to Jesus. If you're feeling overcome, go to Jesus. If you're feeling guilty over your past sins, go to Jesus. Jesus Can I tell you this today that when the altar call is made today and you feel the conviction of your holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, can I tell you this? Go to Jesus. Simple, really simple. And that's what she did there. Can I tell you this? You need to understand this: that when God says something, you need to be like this woman and take him at His word. Take him at his word. All right, number two. Number two. Here's the second thing that I learned from this lady is this. Give him your all. Number one, take him at his word. Number two, give him your all. I don't know about you. I do this in my life. Sometimes we compartmentalize our life. God, I'll give you this section of my life, but I'm not going to give you this section of my life. Now, it's quiet in here, but you know what? I think a lot of us struggle with that at times. God, I'll give you this part of my life. God, I'll serve you, but Lord, don't ask for my money. Now, I got super quiet. It's still quiet in here. God, I'll do this. I'll do that. But don't ask for my time. Don't ask me to serve. See, but this woman, she does something that is very unthinkable here. She took... An alabaster box of, of perfume, probably a, a spikenard, which is, which is a vial or glass that basically comes from India, okay, at that time. So it, it had come from a distance. It would be worn on her neck, and when her body heat would warm it up on her neck, it would send the, the intense smell around her, okay? That was the purpose of this, but this perfume, you need to understand this, was costly, It was costly. Many scholars believe this, that it was worth a year's salary. When's the last time you spent that much on perfume for you? Hopefully never. Dave Ramsey would say, that is not a need. And Dave Ramsey would stand up and amen me on that one if he was here. All right. This perfume was costly. And you know what she did? And King James Version calls it an alabaster box. It wasn't a box. It was more like a vial uh, of perfume. And she she took it and she broke it. Something that cost her a year's worth of salary. Think about what she did for a living, a year's worth of salary. And broke it begin to pour it on jesus feet now listen to this i love this she she cried with tears as she washed his feet i think she was being resourceful there she didn't have maybe water she wasn't even at her house she's probably i'm just happy to be here i don't have time to get water i don't have time to ask for water so i'm going to do with what i have at this moment i have this perfume and you know what i've got some tears And she began to cry. And I believe that those tears were, number one, tears of regret, tears of anger, tears of abuse, tears of unworthiness, tears of years and years and years of mistakes. Anybody ever been there? With enough tears and enough oil, and then she probably being resourceful, not having a towel to wash Jesus' feet, said, you know what? I don't have a towel, but you know what I do have? I have hair. And I'm going to use that to wash Jesus' feet. If I had to wash Jesus' feet with my hair, it it would be funny looking. It would just be like, you know, like a Brillo pad. All right. And understand this. In her profession, she was known. As I researched this, in her profession, she was known. Ladies that had long hair that let their hair down at that point, that was a signal that they would send to the community, hey, that this lady right here, she would tell you what she was without you even knowing. You could look and say, yeah, that, that lady is a prostitute because of the way her hair is. And, and, and being resourceful there, she used the very thing that people signified that would look at her and say, she's a prostitute. She used the very thing to wash Jesus' feet this is an impressive story. I love this story. You're like, some of you are like, man, I thought the worms were weird. Now we're talking about washing feet with hair. You okay, this is getting weird, TJ. But here's what we need to know is uh, the very thing uh, that would, would have been used to show her true colors was being used to worship Jesus and clean his feet. Can I tell you this? The hands that make you sin, you ought to lift up to Jesus. Right? The mouth that causes you to sin should be used to worship Jesus. The feet that have taken you places where you shouldn't have been ought to be used to worship and to dance for Jesus. There's a great, great examples there. And can I tell you this? God can take brokenness in your life and turn it around. Do you believe that? If you're saved, you ought to know that. Amen. man, we, we ought to know that because I know this. In Isaiah uh, chapter 61, uh, verse 3, it says this, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let me tell you what that is. To give them beauty for ashes doesn't mean that he takes them to the makeup shop and gets them beautified. What that means is the beauty for ashes is basically this it can be translated to a headdress or to a crown. God gives us a crown for our ashes. God, I don't have much to give you, but God says, I'll take those ashes. Here's a crown. Not a fair trade, right? Not a fair trade at all. But God loves us so much. Sometimes he, he's just looking for what we will give him. And sometimes that's a sorry gift and an ugly gift. And thank God, this is all I have. My life is broken. It's not pretty, but this is all I have to give to you today. It reminds me of, of you know, you guys plug your ears, Ellen anyway. White, when my kids would, would, would color me a picture or they would paint me a picture when they were younger and they would give it to me. And it wasn't that the art was the best. It was the fact of who it came from that made it special. It probably wasn't going to win some awards. I probably couldn't take it to New York to a museum and be like, hey, let's sell this thing for $25,000. But it's priceless to me. And can I tell you, it's, it's the same thing with our Lord. When you come to him with your brokenness, with, with what you have, and it's ugly, and you say, hey, God, this is all I have to give today. And God looks at it and says, man. This is from my kid. This is priceless to me. I'll take that. And you know what? In return, I'm going to give you this crown, and you're going to love it. And, and, you know, it's not a fair trade. And sometimes we do this with our kids too. Sometimes they want to give us something and say, hey, I'll, if they wanted to paint a picture, plug your guys' ears. If they wanted to paint me a, a picture and give it to me and say, dad, will you buy this picture? Chances are I will give them a good amount of money for their work because it's from them. You can unplug your ears now. All right. But that's what the Lord does for us. Think about how awkward this moment was. So Jesus lounging at, at, at a table there. Woman walks in. Starts crying on his feet. Starts pouring oil on his feet. Starts washing his feet with her hair. I'm sure it was just crazy, crazy, crazy awkward. If that happened to us right now, if someone was to come in here and start doing that to my feet, I would probably be like, Tristan, I need you to get over here right now, number one. And I would probably be like, hey, I need some security guys up here really fast. It would just be awkward, right? But in that moment of awkwardness, you know what? She, She did something there. She gave Jesus all that she had in that moment. No matter how little that was or no matter how big that was. And can I tell you this? She didn't care how awkward it was. Scripture doesn't, it doesn't even mention that she said a word. It doesn't, we don't know if she ever said a word to Jesus or said a word to anybody. It doesn't, it doesn't say yay or nay in this text, okay? And all I know, all we know is that she just washed Jesus' feet. Awkward, non-awkward, it doesn't matter. And can I tell you this? A thankful heart. Stops worrying about who's watching or what they're thinking. Your worship shouldn't be dictated by your neighbor and what they think about you. Your worship comes from your heart to your king. Now, I'm not saying you need to be be all crazy and disruptive or anything like that. But I'm just saying this. So many of the times, man... Whew, God help me here so many of the times we're on the fringe of God doing something in our lives and we're more worried about the person that's watching us and what they're thinking about us than we are worried about what the king is thinking about us. Amen God help us. Can I tell you this a grateful heart throws pride by the way and says I just want to worship him. That's all that matters. That's what a grateful heart does. She gave all she had. I guess she thought, you know what? I'm known in the community for this. It ain't going to hurt anything else, so I'm just going to march in there with confidence, and I'm going to go to where Jesus is. She gave all that she had. Here's number three, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come back this way. I'm not going to keep you guys long today. I promise. Number three, watch him, capital H-I-M, Change you, talking about Jesus. Verse 39 says this. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, Uh, If this were a man, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. Pretty strong words. For she is a sinner. So he's a Pharisee, he's used to calling out people's sins. And, and, and uh, translation there says this, he mutters this underneath his voice. And he doesn't really say it directly to Jesus, but he's thinking it. Some of us think things. We don't say things. Sometimes we mutter things and we think things in our mind instead of doing this. And that's what he does. And look what Jesus does. Look what Jesus does. And, he, and, and honestly, let's look at this. Simon's actually taking a jab at Jesus here. He invited him to his house, and now he's questioning him. If he was a true prophet, he would know who that woman is, and he would know that she shouldn't be here. And he would know this and that, and he would know that she's a sinner. He's taking a jab at him underneath his voice. He's not doing it straight to Jesus. Look what Jesus does. In verse 40 says, and Jesus answering said to him, Jesus, you better be, you better be careful when you mutter around Jesus because he's going to answer you. This is what he did. He, it's, and Jesus answering said to him, Simon. I have something to say to you. The one thing, and he answered, this is the one thing that, that Simon does right in this story. He says this, say it, teacher. Say it. Come on. Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Everyone say, praise you, Jesus. <laughs> now, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, from whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman. Now, look at this. Now, turning toward the woman. Look, look at this. Now, turning toward the woman. Now, he's looking at the woman. Okay, do you, you catch that? Turning to the woman, he said to Simon. He's looking at the woman. But he's talking to Simon. Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, Mr. Big House. You invited me, but did you really want me here? You gave me no uh, you gave me no water for my uh, for my feet, but she was she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them. With her hair. Something we need to know about that. It was customary in those days when someone would be a traveler. When they walked down the streets, the animals would, would do their thing on the streets. And as they walked with open toe shoes, they would walk into a, to a house. Their feet would be filthy. And it was customary to offer somebody to wash their feet. Now I guess the customary thing would be, here, put this hand sanitizer on before you come into my house. Right? And then Jesus says this. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. Now, we need to understand something there. He wasn't looking for a kiss from Simon, okay? What he was, that's how they would greet back in those days. They would kiss each other on the cheek. So when Jesus came in, he wasn't given water for his feet. And I guess in today's terms, he didn't shake his hand. Welcome to my house. But this... Woman, sinner, outcast. I don't even need water, God. I, I've got my own water works here. I just want to wash your feet. It says this, therefore, uh, it, or verse forty-six says, You didn't you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Something about the feet of Jesus. That's beautiful. Something about thankful heart and worship at the feet of Jesus that changes scenarios and surroundings. Verse 47 says this, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many. Hey, Simon. I know about her sins. And I know that there are a lot. I'm just telling you, Mr. Mutterer. I heard what you thought. Her sins, which are many. Many. Are forgiven. I don't know about you, but when I think about how God has forgiven me, when I think about the, the hundreds and thousands, and sometimes I feel like maybe millions of times that I've failed the Lord, I can't help but think how good His grace is for me. For she loved much. Her sins are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. So Jesus in this scripture tells us, Hey, I see her debt, it's greater than yours. But let me tell you what, she's acting like her debt is greater than yours. She noticed me when I walked in the door. You invited me to your house. And this is the cool thing about Jesus, you might add, right here. Jesus had dinner with the Pharisee, and Jesus had dinner with the prostitute. Two different very ends of the spectrum. He loved them both. He loved this one, the self-righteous one, who knew the law. And he loved the woman who didn't have a hope. See, Jesus does something that... Simon doesn't. He sees her potential. Can I tell you this? God sees your potential. God sees your potential. See, I, I, I love this. Love is not blind. Love is not blind. Love actually sees more. It does. Love is not blind. It sees more. But love sees more, but it's willing to see less love sees more but it's willing to see less and that's what jesus did there he saw he knew her sins while the pharisee is judging he knew her jesus he knew her sins but you know what he saw he said i I don't want to look at that right now i want to see her potential he saw her potentiality not what her struggles were and here's the thing simon's struggles were this You could write this down. I thought this was good. This is this is thick right here. It's not the amount of sin that's the issue; it's the awareness of sin that's the issue. And I say this as people of God: it's not always the amount of sin. It's easy for us to point our fingers at people and say, "Man, that person's life is messed up. They are a drug addict. They are this and that." And I know them for that. And it's easy to point those sins out, but it's hard to point those fingers back at us and say, well, maybe I'm just being a little bit too judgmental because I have to remember something about myself. See, Simon, he's believing, he is struggling with this type of the amount of sin. The truth is he's missing one element, that he himself was a sinner. As believers saved by grace, may we never forget May we never forget where the blood of Jesus brought us from. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. That means you. That means me. Anybody in this building, anybody in the state of Indiana, anybody in the United States, anybody in the globe, all have sinned. Fall short of the glory of God. And see, here's what I know. And and listen to this. And I'm I'm wrapping up really fast here. There are two, two types of sins that we can fall victim to. Two types of sins that we can fall victim to. Look at this. Look at this. And this is where I think Simon messed up. Number one is this. Sins of commission. Everyone say sins of commission. And that is the things that we do. That is a sin. Those are sins like lying. Like lusting. Like hating. Like idolatry. Those are sins of commission. And now here's the other one. Sins of omission. You want to know what sins of omission are? Things that we should do that we don't. Not loving our neighbor as ourself. I'm going to back up. Not praying like we should. Not forgiving someone. Not being thankful. James four seventeen says this: that to know to do right and not do it is sin. I don't know about you, the Holy Spirit's just going up here on me right now. While Simon was busy looking at the woman's sins of commission, he in fact is committing a sin of omission. Because he wasn't loving her like, like he needed to. And it didn't matter what she had done previously. Scripture tells us that Jesus forgave her sins and told her in verse 50 that her faith had saved her. And I believe this. She walked out of there changed simply by being a person to take Jesus at his word. giving all she had and surrendering her will to Jesus. Let's bow our heads all across this building. God, I know this isn't the typical Thanksgiving style sermon, but God, I think it's It's time, Lord, that we all do an evaluation, a heart check of ourselves. God, forgive us, God, for our sins of commission, God, things that we do. But, Lord, check our hearts for sins of omission, things that we should be doing that we aren't doing. God, we ask, Lord, that you would Forgive us of those. God, sometimes we do them without even knowing it. We we do them without even thinking about it. God, help us, Holy Spirit, to be observant to those things, God, when they're there. If you're here today and under the sound of my voice, you heard me talk about how we are all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is the moment that I believe that the Holy Spirit's been working you up to you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit the Bible says that if you're drawn to the Lord it's going to be by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and convicting you right now you feel that tugging at your heart heaviness in your heart you say hey TJ I want to make Jesus my personal Savior I want Him to be the Lord over my life and I feel like maybe I've messed up I've made some bad mistakes, but I want to be like this woman, and I want to make things right today. You say, hey, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. With no one looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, and just a moment between you and God, and I want to pray with you. Would you lift your hands and say, hey, I, w- I, want, to, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Let's do this. Okay, hold, hold that right there. If you're here today and you say, hey, T.J., I am a regular at church, and I've fallen victim maybe to the Pharisee mentality, and I need God to do a deep cleansing of my heart this week, God, and this month, maybe you've not been thankful. And maybe this year you've been focused on the negative and not what God is doing and not the good that he's doing. And you say, hey, I need to ask God to forgive me for sins of omission and maybe some sins of commission. And I need to get things right and I need to rededicate my life to him. And I need his help today. And you say that and you say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to make that recommitment today in my heart. Anybody in the building, would you lift your hands? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> hands going up everywhere. Thank you. I, I can't even keep track right now. <laughs> Let's do this. Just everybody just pray this prayer with me. Say, God, forgive me. God, for failing you. God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I ask for your grace to forgive me. God, that, that, that you would make things right in my life. I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. God, not just on the side, but all the time. God, I give you my all. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house. Ha-ha. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't have communion, the, the elements for communion, I'm going to ask our ushers to pass that around. While they're, while they're doing that, if you don't, you can just lift your hands and they'll come around and, and give you give you one. Uh, While they're doing that, I'm going to ask them to sing this song, start this song, and uh, we'll come back and do that in just a minute. Just bear with us just a few minutes. Go ahead. on will you stand to your feet and sing it with us come on if you can come on let's sing it out I pray that you all have your your elements if you don't have them. I want to talk to you just real fast as before we do this, communion is something that we do in remembrance of the Lord. And on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples. And knowing that he would accomplish through his sacrifice, he instituted communion. You can learn about that, Luke 22 and also in First Corinthians. His loving instruction is that we are to remember him as we partake of the communion. Jesus wanted us to remember how His body was broken for our wholeness. Some of you who are dealing with sickness, God can work through this, okay? Jesus wants us to remember how his body was broken for our wholeness and his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And whenever we partake in this remembrance, we proclaim, listen to this, the scripture tells us that we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. That's in Corinthians. Today, we partake of the bread. We are declaring that Jesus' health and divine life flows in our mortal bodies and when we partake the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous. Jesus' blood gives us right standing before God, and we can and we can go boldly into God's presence, according to Hebrews four, chapter sixteen. When we pray, we can be sure that God hears us. But before we partake this morning, I want to just take a moment. In Corinthians, it tells us, Paul tells us to. Let a, let a man examine himself. Let a person examine themselves before they eat and drink of this sacred cup. So what I want to do today, and this is between you and God, I want to just take just a couple minutes here. And I'm not going to give you instruction, but this is going to be between you and God right in this moment. If there's something in your life you need to examine, just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you in this moment. And ask God to forgive you for anything that you might be holding on to. Let's just do that for the next few moments. You have the bread. Hold it up. God, we thank you, Lord, for your body. Lord, that was mangled on a cross. The Lord, the writer says, Lord, you were wounded for my transgression. Lord, you were bruised for my iniquities. So, Lord, on the breaking of your physical body on the cross, God, Knowing that you willingly went. Lord, that you've overcome every sickness. God, and you were literally crushed. God, just like this bread was made, Lord. And Lord, the wheat, Lord, was crushed, Lord. And and pounded together, Lord, to make this small. Lord, you were crushed for us and our iniquities. So God... We pray, Lord, today, Lord, that we would take this, God, and, and, and this week, God, be in remembrance of what your sacrifice was on the cross for us. And, God, we say thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You can take of the bread. You have the cup, hold it up for me. Lord, your blood was shed for my sins. Your blood, Lord, was an atonement for my wrongdoings. God, may I never lose the wonder of what your working power and the blood of Jesus Christ does in my life. God, it's not dead. It's ever flowing, God. And I may not ever understand, Lord, how red blood can turn a dirty sinner to white as snow. But, God, it does. And so, God, knowing that, Lord, you bled out, God, on the cross for my transgressions. God, for my iniquities. Lord, you saw the things that I would do wrong in my life. And you looked ahead and said, I am. Him dying because I forgive you. God, in knowing the power of your blood, God, that saves lost sinners. God, we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, will you take today? Come on, can you lift your hands? Can you lift your hands and begin to give him praise in the house? Can you, give him, can you give him thanks in the house? I don't think we'd be out of order doing that today. Come on, can you love on him? Can you love on him for, for being that supreme sacrifice of love for us? Come on, be like the woman today. Come on, begin to cry out. Begin to let your tears flow. Begin to let the oil flow in the name of Jesus oh lord we we lay at your feet today and we say thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah hallelujah we worship you jesus yay upon you come on sing it out generations and your children and their children and their children come on sing it out yes Lord yes Lord
1: yes Lord generations and your family and your children come on let's love on it come on worship it Upon you, and a thousand generations, and your family, your children, and their children, and their children.
3: just say thank you for being gracious today thank you for hanging with us today how many are thankful for the price that christ paid for you on the cross of calvary today i am i am i am and if you aren't you should be this week this week listen to me this week you may be traveling you may be going But I pray a blessing on you as you go, and I pray that God keeps you and that you have a great time with your family and with your friends. Be safe, be smart this week. Be safe and be smart. Remember, this Wednesday night we're not going to have service, and there's going to be some announcements in just a minute. I'm jumping ahead there uh, this Wednesday night. But I just want to say God bless you this week, and do this. Do, Do your pastor a favor this week. Pray for your church, number one pray that God would move and keep ministering. Number two, thank God every day that you get up for what he's given you and what what, what he's bestowed upon you. Amen. So come on and give him praise.
4: Amen. Aren't you glad for God who's on your side? Amen. What a great service. I just have a few announcements. If you're a guest with us, we thank you so much for coming and worshiping and being with us this morning. We ask that you would fill out a connection card that's just in the seats behind you or in front of you, I should say, and take that to our Welcome Center. We'd love to give you a gift this morning. Um, And we have a candle fundraiser. I think that's just wrapping up. So if you haven't gotten your candles yet, they are available this morning right out in the foyer. They're $10. Ladies Christmas craft night is coming up, and you do have to sign up and pay for that by next Sunday. So that's going to be on December 8th at 7 o'clock, and you need to sign up and pay for that by next Sunday, the 29th. So we're making a craft, and those supplies do have to be purchased in advance. Men's meeting on Tuesday, November 24th. That's this week at 7. Don't forget, like Pastor said, we don't have Wednesday night service this week. Spend time with your family. And then just one last thing before you go, any of our board members or any other men that would like to help this morning, bring some things down. Um, Once the church clears out a little bit, we're going to be bringing Christmas decorations down. So if you're young and able and want to help, we'll take your help. Have a